Hey everybody, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. This is episode 114 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. I hope that you have enjoyed the last two podcasts. My good friend Scott Tavalacci has been teaching on kingdom leadership and authority, the pitfalls of kingdom leadership and authority. Don't want to give too much away about that, but you can check out the previous two podcasts by this title, Kingdom Leadership and Authority, Part 1 and Part 2. Today, my good friend Scott is going to be wrapping up these thoughts in Part 3, and I'm excited about that. He's defined for us leadership. He's defined for us kingdom. He has shown us one of the great exposures of healthy leadership in the interaction between Peter and Jesus in Matthew 16. And then in the last podcast, he took that pitfall a little further, describing for us some of the things Jesus' half-brother James said in talking about selfish ambition and its partner jealousy and moving us into the power of humility and meekness. And so I'm excited about today, part three. Hey, don't forget to check out LanceBain.com for more resources, more information about me. It's a way that you and I can communicate and KingdomMasterBuilders.com. KingdomMasterBuilders.com is Scott Tavalacci's website there. You can check out the books that he has authored, uh, uh, tons of content and material that he has produced. And so I'm excited to have again, back at the microphone, Scott Tavalacci. Good afternoon, Lance. Thanks for having me back. Um, I want to finish off our, our series here, and I'm going to make a statement. And this is just really where um, this whole series came about. And actually, I have turned this into my book called Kingdom Master Builders, and there's a ton more content in there. Um, but I make a statement, and this is something the Lord spoke to me. He said, uh, my leaders want authority to influence the world around them. And as a leader, I do. I've been praying about this for years. I've heard other leaders praying about this for years. And and to be frank with you, I've kind of always been a little disappointed, maybe, that uh, we haven't had as much influence, at least as I thought we should have. But uh, that's just my thinking. But one day the Lord spoke to me, and I'll give you a little background that, uh, on this, as he said, the authority of the lion is released in the meekness of the lamb. And the Lord spoke to me, said, my leaders want authority to change the world around them. And they'll get that authority in them when they understand that the authority of the lion is released in the meekness of the lamb. So at the end of the last podcast, we were talking about um, becoming like a little child. And in that being a little child, we were talking about the concepts or the virtues, and I call them the virtue of virtues. They are the secret weapons or the secret virtues that release the authority of God's kingdom inside of you. They're called humility and meekness. So a little background to this. One day I was um, coming to church and we were having a pastor's prayer meeting. It was one of those days where I was very busy, uh, worked all day, um, mind on a, a ton of things. Not Hopefully most of you uh, can identify with that from time to time. 
didn't really want to be there in prayer, but I made the commitment to be there. Uh, and I know that sometimes when you just make that commitment and show up, it seems like God takes over from there and, and changes everything around. And this was one of those nights. And I just started praying. And I went from a state of my mind being all over the place to a state of like completely focused in on God in a millisecond. And I heard the words that I just spoke to you that, you know, if my leaders want to receive authority to change the world around them, they need to understand that the authority of the lion is released in the meekness of the lamb. And when I heard this, it was like everything around me became quiet. There were people in the room, but I was really not aware of them. And there was this, this clear communication and clear heaviness that I felt from the presence of the Lord that this was an important statement. So immediately as I started thinking about this, and I've learned over, over time that if the Lord speaks something to you and it has a spiritual connotation, I can guarantee you this, he will be able to show it to you somewhere in the scriptures. With me, many times he'll just quicken a verse to my heart. He'll, he'll, something will come up. And it doesn't always happen then. It happens over a period of time. But this time, immediately, he took me to Revelations chapter 5. So I just want to spend this podcast reading what's in that chapter because this is the thing that if we understand how Jesus defeated the works of darkness, how Jesus brought salvation— the power that was released, these were the principles that Jesus walked in that brought authority and victory in his life and brought authority and victory for the kingdom of God. So here's the story, uh, Revelation chapter 5, and I'm going to kind of describe it as a story. It says here, and this is John, he's um, looking at this, he's in heaven, trying to figure out what's going on, and he says this, then I saw a scroll on the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals of the scroll and open it? But no one on heaven and earth or under the earth was able to open the scrolls or read it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. Now I think about this and John made the statement that there was no one worthy. But my question is, was that true? The answer is pretty apparent. Um, it wasn't true. There was someone worthy. See, John was here watching this whole scene, and you know the, he was hearing someone saying, who is worthy, who is worthy to open the scrolls? And he assumed that no one was worthy because no one answered the question. You know why no one answered the question? Because everyone else in heaven at that time knew who was worthy, and they were staring at the one who was worthy because the answer was right in front of John's face, but he couldn't see it at that time. And immediately he started weeping bitterly. I call that kind of baby mode. And not that I'm criticizing John, 
But just think about this. Many times we'll go into prayer and we'll ask God for something. And if we would just sit there and listen and keep our spiritual eyes open, more often than not, we'll hear the answer or the answer is right in front of our face, but we're, our eyes are not in a place to see it. And that's the way John was. The answer was right in front of his face, but he couldn't see it. And so then the angel, it says here, that, but I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, so I don't know who it was, but it was one of those 24 elders. I'm not sure if it was one of the apostles or whoever else was there. He said, stop weeping. Look, it's right in front of your face. That's my kind of amplification. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, he has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. So you notice one of the 24 elders said to him, look, there's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy. You notice what he said? And he said, the heir to the David's throne. Both of those are terms of royalty. Both of those were terms given to the coming Messiah. They pointed to strength and loyalty. Jesus was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was called the heir to David's throne. He was the one who was supposed to come. It was prophesied there was going to someone come in David's line that would be a greater king than him. And so what one of the elders was talking about, he was talking about kingly authority was there. And he says he is worthy to open the scrolls and open the seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked like it had been slaughtered. So the 24 elders said, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king, just like David, the one that was prophesied, the Messiah, he is worthy. So when John looked, what did he see? Did he see a lion? No, he saw a lamb. He said, I saw a lamb that looked like it had been slaughtered. And that was Jesus. Jesus was the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. You know, Jesus many times is referred to as the Lion and the Lamb. And sometimes people refer to Jesus that the first time he came, he came as the Lamb of God. The second time he comes, he's coming like a lion. Um, I'd like to say this. He came as a lion as a lamb the first time. And he's going to come as a lion and the lamb the second time. Because although he came as a lamb, that lamb created the greatest military battle victory in all of history. Because he defeated sin, sickness, and the grave. He died on the cross and rose again. And that itself was one of the greatest military victories of all of history. Matter of fact, it's so powerful that I believe that all of heaven centers around the cross. That the cross is the most powerful thing that ever happened in all of history. Jesus did it as the Lamb of God, a humble lamb. But in that humble lamb, there was heavenly kingdom and authority that was released in him and that heavenly kingdom and authority that was released in him influenced the world for all eternity it says here then i saw a lamb 
that looked like it had been slaughtered. Now, I, I kind of tried to try to get a picture of that. I have no idea what that looks like. But there was something that was apparent there that, that John called him a lamb. But it was now standing between the throne of the four living beings and 24 elders. And he had seven horns and seven eyes. Horns always represent authority. And he had seven eyes, which represent the seven spirits of God that are sent into every part of the world. So what it's pointing to is that this lamb that was slain now has all authority. And that's what Jesus said. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. It talks about in the book of Philippians that he was given the name above every name. Why? Because he humbled himself unto death, even death of the cross. Wherefore, God highly exalted him above every name. Meaning God gave him, Jesus, the authority above every single name for what he, because of what he did. Now it says he stepped forward and took the scroll because he was the one who did have the authority from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. They didn't fall down before the lion to worship. They fell down before the lamb. So this is in the book of Revelations. Sometimes we think of Revelations as the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'd rather say it this way, that Revelations is the revelation of Jesus the Christ, the Lamb of God. The word Lamb of God, I believe, is mentioned, or the Lamb, 39 times in the book of Revelation. So it's really all about the Lamb that conquered. It says, and fell down before the Lamb, each one had a harp, and they had gold bowls. Gold always represents divinity, filled with incense, which are the prayers of the, God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. And you notice it's very important that you understand what they were singing. It says, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood was ransomed, ransomed the people of God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. So Jesus was the one with his victory and his powerful victory on the cross who fulfilled the heart's desire of the Father to bring us as a kingdom of priests unto God himself, where we can be as children of God, in the throne room of God, raised up seated with them. He said, then I looked again and I saw the voice of thousands of millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. So here's the scene. You got all the angels. You got the living beings around the throne. You have the elders. The statement was made of the great victory that Jesus, the Lamb of God, had. And it says they sang with a mighty chorus. And notice what they said. Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered. It didn't say worthy is the lion. It didn't say worthy is the king. It said worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered. And because he was a lamb, what did he receive? Power. Riches. Wisdom. Strength. Honor glory, and blessing. 
So I'm thinking about that, that if I wanted to be a leader and I wanted to have authority, if I had those things, I'd have a lot of authority. I would have the ability to influence. I would have the power, the riches, the wisdom, the strength, the honor, the glory, and the blessing. It didn't say the lion. It said the lamb. The authority of the lion, who is the king of the jungle, right? We know him that as the king of the jungle, the fiercest of all predators. No one messes with a lion in the jungle, right? The authority of the lion is released in the meekness and the humility of the lamb. The things that we're always looking for to influence, like power, riches, wisdom, Strength, honor, glory, and blessing are released in the meekness of the Lamb. Then we go on here. Then I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and the sea sang. So first, it was everything in heaven. You know, it was the elders. It was the angels. It was living creatures. They're all singing this. And then every creature in heaven and earth, meaning everything, everyone recognized this. Whether you realize or not, the devil, all the authorities that happen in the underworld, they all understand who Jesus is. Then they sang, blessing and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne, meaning God and to the lamb forever. It didn't say the lion. It said the lamb. Blessing. When you think of blessing, it means like someone bowing your knee towards you and laying its hands on your chin, and this is yours. It's, it's actually a conference of authority and power. Blessing, honor, glory, power belong to the one sitting on the throne and the lamb forever and ever. And it goes on and says, and the four living beings said, amen. You know what amen means? It means so be it. It means so be it. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. So I'm going to finish with this. God wants his leaders to have authority. Understand this that the authority of the lion is released in the meekness of the lamb, that if we want authority to change the world around us, we need to understand how Jesus changed the world through walking in the authority of the lion through the meekness of the lamb. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for... An amazing teaching, three-part series on kingdom leadership and authority. Part one's all about defining leader and kingdom and beginning to expose some of the pitfalls we feel as leaders. And then in part two, really describing for selfish ambition and jealousy and how those work together and undermine our leadership and the need for meekness and humility as leaders. And then I love what he just talked about today, friends. The paradoxical uh, idea of leadership is both operating in the authority of the lion through the meekness of the lamb. And I don't know if you've ever felt this as a leader like I have, that sometimes when I want to operate in meekness, 
sometimes I interpret it as weakness, that people are just going to try to run over your leadership. But Scott, through this amazing passage in Revelation chapter 5, showing us the, the, the real eternal result of Jesus's leadership. And friends, that's what we're after as leaders. I hope that's what you're after. That's what I'm after. I'm not after just short-term gain of leadership, but making an eternal difference in the teams that we lead, the influence that Christ has given us, and our ability to add value to other people's lives. This is ordinary people and extraordinary lives, and I really appreciate you being with us today. Don't forget to check out Scott's website, KingdomMasterBuilders.com, KingdomMasterBuilders.com. You can purchase a copy of his book by that title. I would certainly recommend it. It is a phenomenal read. It's really something you would want to read together as a leadership team. Talk about what you're reading. Grow together as a team. He's also written a wonderful book on divine healing in the atonement of Jesus, which is if you're operating in a Christian world and you're in a ministry context, would certainly encourage you to pick that up. And as well as he's got just many other resources available on his site, kingdommasterbuilders.com. I think you can communicate with him as well through his website. So I would encourage you to do so. So thank you, Scott, for spending that time with us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have an amazing week, and I'll talk to you next week.